Hello and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and Spiritual Guide in the Heartwork Program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way, through online programs, groups, and one-on-one spiritual guidance. I walk with people along a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit, who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity, so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website, touchingthesunrise.com. Let's start, as we always do, by reconnecting, remembering, refreshing. Take a deep breath directly into your heart even deeper than your heart, into that soul, that spirit, that place where divine grace transforms you with the presence, the light, and the life of the divine trinity. We enter into our inner world, to that sacred space, that inner sanctuary where God dwells. Notice what that room, that space is like. Is it large or small? Is it dark or light? What is the feel of that place? It is in that space, wherever that sacred place for us is that we experience Jesus calling us his true friend, his darling one, his fair one. We're not used to hearing ourselves called lovely, beautiful, wanted, good. But Jesus looks beyond everything we see in ourselves. And he looks at the motives of our heart. He sees all we have been through. And he wants to free us. He wants to free you. He can look at everything that we would call ugly and messy. And he can still call us lovely where we see blemishes and pain and sorrow. He sees beauty. He sees our future. All our lives we've sought to be loved and needed. We need His love, only His love, 
to bring us true healing. We are convinced, no doubt, that God sees us as we see ourselves, but that is not so. God sees us through his own love, his own fidelity. The, the pleasure he had in creating us still remains. The dreams he had in making us still fill his heart. And like the hound of heaven, as Francis Thompson said, he's still seeking us out. He's still opening up for us ways into the beauty of his dream for us. God has thought about us all our life, even before we were born. God knew us. And God wants to bring us whole and entire, beautiful, into heaven, to be with him for all eternity. So let our hearts, let your heart, call out to this God of love. Let us surrender to the work of the Spirit within us. Merry Christmas to all of you. Today I wanted to talk about celebrating Easter in December. Okay, I admit it, this title is a little startling. We are celebrating Christmas, right? Check your calendars, it's still December. Look outside. The liturgy is talking about Christ's birth and the stores are boasting their after Christmas specials. But I couldn't resist not sharing with you an insight into the glory of Christmas that I discovered in a very old book entitled The Mass Through the Year by Emiliana Lohr. In fact, after reading this reflection, I am finding it saddening that our Christmas celebrations never stretch us beyond remembering Christmas or reenacting the first Christmas or drawing some comforting or less often a challenging application from the Christmas narrative for our own lives. Many present moment Christmases disappoint as we recall the memories of Christmases of happier years or sorrow through Christmases that now are marred by anniversaries of losses we still regret. We are not the shepherds who were startled from sleep by choruses of angelic delight, eagerly awaking a slumbering world to the unexpected and truly wondrous news that the mighty Savior lay waiting for them in a manger. No, we have read the Gospels. We know Jesus' story. We've heard his parables over and over again. Each Lent and Easter, we've commemorated his death and resurrection. And in our baptism, we've died with him and have risen with him. The church, you see, can't see the child in swaddling clothes laid in a manger without remembering the memorial of his other birth, his birth from the tomb. The solemnity of the birth of the King Christ was in view of the day on which his power and rule would be solidified as he rose from the dead and ascended to his place beside his Father in heaven. So this is the reflection I read in the book, The Mass Through the Year. 
a man, an Adam, has left behind him the childish weakness, the fragility of sin's body, the swaddling clothes and shroud in the tomb, and come out in his primeval beauty, crowned with glory and honor, having at last the rulership of creation which is his due. The church's vision in this saving night, Christmas, is fixed upon that image of newborn beauty, royalty, and splendor. She knows that the man on God's throne is a salvation for which she has been awaiting, the salvation for us and for all who have the will to share in it. We have come to celebrate a birth, and it is we ourselves who have been born. Grace has dawned, and we are the salvation as dawning has affected, healed, and reborn us as sons of God. The other day, the fact that I had celebrated 56 Christmases in my life was a gentle reminder that I had perhaps maybe 30 Christmas seasons left on this earth, maybe fewer. One of our sisters left this earth last month, and for sure now she is celebrating her first Christmas in heaven. What glory! Gifts, my favorite mincemeat pie, fruitcake, the Christmas carols that I love to sing, the traditions that make this liturgical season so beautiful, haunting, and spiritually rewarding. The importance of all this fades before the royal king who knocks on my door each Christmas. As it says in the Gospel of John, he came to his own people, but his own people did not accept him. Jesus knocks, but he never enters without permission. In the Song of Songs, the beloved thrusts his hand through the hole in the door when the bride refuses to answer. He thrusts his hand through the hole in the door, but does not enter. He respects too much, infinitely so, the free decision of the one he loves. St. Ambrose says, even though he is able to enter, he does not want to go in by force. He does not want to constrain those who refuse him. Happy thus is the one at whose door Christ is knocking. But listen to the one who knocks. Listen to him who wants to go in, lest the bridegroom, when he comes, go away because the house will be closed to him. I pray, my Lord, in these Christmases present, however many you wish to give me, that your knock on my door will so delight me that I will leap to open the door to you. Again, St. Ambrose seeks to arouse us with these words. You are one of God's people of God's family, you light up your grace of body with your splendor of soul. When you are in your room then at night, think always on Christ and await for his coming at every moment. This is the person Christ has loved in loving you, 
the person he has chosen in choosing you. He enters by the open door. He has promised to come in, and he cannot deceive. Embrace him, the one you have sought. Turn to him and be enlightened. Hold him fast. Ask him not to go in haste. Beg him not to leave you. The word of God moves swiftly. He is not won by the lukewarm, nor held fast by the negligent. Let your soul be attentive to his word. Follow carefully the path God tells you to take, for he is swift in his passing. For our sake, a child is born today. I receive my being, you receive your being, from this delicate child's hand. We who are born this Christmas day anew, we who are born a new creation. And we'll close with the prayer that's said, the opening prayer, the collect on Christmas day. O God, who wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and still more wonderfully restored it, grant, we pray, that we may share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you are not alone. You are loved no matter what. And when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the divine trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with this fragrance. God be with you.